Welcome to the That's Deep podcast. I'm Naomi, and I'm an international board-certified life and success coach, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, or NLP, as you've heard it, an empath, a mother, an introvert, and a podcast host. It is my mission to empower humans from the inside out through inner and outer exploration. Thank you so much for being here. If you love the show, please give it a follow and a five-star rating. I appreciate you so much. Now let's dive in. So I am honored to welcome Serena Ho to the That Steep podcast. She is a mindset and manifestation coach that blends neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, and universal law to help women achieve their biggest manifestations. She helps women slay limiting beliefs, tap into their intuition, and live audaciously aligned as fuck. (laughs) She serves high-achieving millennial women who are ready to step into their next-level badass self. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Serena. Thank you so much for having me, Naomi. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. So for the listeners listeners that don't know already, um, we did a joint live yesterday. This podcast will come out like a you know a few weeks later. But yes, and that was like super amazing. And I feel like really, really fired up. And so I want to jump into a short round of personal questions so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. So first question where are you from? Where do you reside now? And how has living in these places shaped you in any way? So that's like a three-part question. I'm so sorry. (laughs) All good. So I'm originally from here. So Oahu, Hawaii, that's where I was born. And I've lived here my whole life. So this has been life for me and I really love it. So I'm hoping one day that I could leave the island. But living here and, you know, visiting and seeing other places, this is honestly where I would call home. So that's Hawaii. Yes. Okay. Well, what other um, locations have kind of been on your radar, like in terms of places that you would potentially live if ever? Potentially live. I want to explore the West Coast. I really like, you know, California vibes. Also maybe Washington. I don't know how I'd fare in cold weather because I am an island girl, like through and through. If it hits anything below 70, I am freezing. (laughs) Yep. I I hear you on that one. Yeah. Us like local kids, we're just warm blooded. So for the listeners that don't know, Serena is from the island of Oahu and I technically grew up on Oahu for part of my life, but I live on the island of Kauai right now. So we're just an island away, (laughs) but it's so nice to be able to connect with another coach who's local and who got training with the same method that I did. So next question. So I've introduced you already, um, but please like maybe tell us a little bit more about what you do in detail um, and a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. So I'm a mindset and manifestation coach, and I basically teach NLP techniques while blending that in with universal law and manifestation principles. So it's really diving deep into the mindset part of manifestation because I feel manifestations all like start with mindset first. And when you're able to heal your beliefs and really know your values and what is guiding your intentions to manifest, is where you'll see a lot of things actually coming into your reality. 
Yes. Oh, I love that. That is so juicy. Um, I'll ask you more about mindset and manifestation a little bit later, but I'm curious. And for the listeners, what's a day in the life like for Serena? A day in my life always start off with a beautiful morning routine. And, you know, that's where I do my journaling, my scripting. I will also do my meditations and really just grounding myself for the day because I still work a nine to five. So I want to carry that energy all the way through. And when I come home, that's usually when I will work again on my coaching business. And I always make time to work out. That's one of my number one priorities, my non-negotiables is to work out at least once a day and yeah, cap it off with my nightly routine and really set my mind up for rest and also taking new things in while I sleep. So that's a day in my life. (laughs) I love that. And I know there's a lot of people um, in the audience who still work nine to fives. And like, I like to push the point here where like, you know, you can totally want to leave your nine to five. You can totally stay with it. You can be multi-passionate, whatever it is that you desire. Um, but do you have any tips for anyone who's looking to make the transition maybe from a nine to five into, you know, being an entrepreneur? Because I know the beginning of the process is, it's like you do work your own job to be able to financially support some of your entrepreneurial like ventures. So I feel you on that one. I still, I work in real estate here on the island. So yes. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be hard at first, of course, but you're ultimately moving into something that you want to do. Like for me, I would spend my weekends working on my coaching business because that's how much I love it. Like my, I wake up alive on the weekends, ready to kind of dive into that because that's my whole day to actually really feel into my business and really just put my all into it and give a whole day towards my business. Cause that's basically living as if, because if I was in my coaching business full time, that's ultimately what I'd be doing. Right. Yes. And I'm just curious, is that um, a goal that you're working towards to make your coaching business your full-time gig? Or do you feel like you'll always kind of, you know, keep your feet in different ponds just because maybe you're multi-passionate? For me, I definitely feel like I want to go all in on my coaching and that's just my preference. And for me, and I've always had that drawn to it and for me to kind of go all in on that and make that my business and my passion. Yes. Ah, so fitting. And I just, I'm so excited to like jump into personality types too, but before I get ahead of myself, let me just ask you, what are your astrological signs? I know that you've answered this before, but for our listeners, your sun, moon, and rising. Yeah. So I'm an Aquarius sun. So I just celebrated my birthday last week. My moon is Gemini and my rising is Capricorn. So two air signs, basically all of me is air. And then I have that hardworking Capricorn earth. Yes. I love it. It's like you have all the ideas, all the, the communication skills that come with being an air sign, but then you also have that awesome work ethic being an earth sign and you know Capricorn you guys are on it you know so oh yeah right yes but do you I don't know which I know that some people kind of um associate with one sign more than another even though of course we're made up of many different things what do you think what do you associate with the most I'm an Aquarius through and through like I have always been like this rebellious kind of crazy step to the beat of my own drum type of person and 
it's like if you've met me, you've kind of seen that, and it's that's just honestly how I am. I don't, I don't, and that is my core of me is my like Aquarius sun, and that's what I identify with most. Yes, oh, I love that so much. I'm pretty sure I have a Saturn in Aquarius, so I feel you. I'm in my Saturn return right now, and I'm just like, yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty much just like you know, F everything that I've learned, F all the conditioning, like this is me, you know, so yes. It's very much like challenging the conventional. Yep. Yep. And I love that, like, you know, Aquariuses will like think about the community as a whole, right? Like what's the greater good for the whole group? I feel like um, when we were in Capricorn season, it was a lot about what are my goals? What am I going to do to lay down the foundations and get all that work done for myself? but Aquarius takes into accountability just the rest of the group and the well-being of like the entire world and I don't know y'all are leaders seriously so (laughs) yeah Yeah. I can feel that shifting as well for the like the collective because they say we're moving into a lot of air signs this year so it's kind of being felt yeah ah oh my gosh I'm so lit up by this conversation so excited okay what is your favorite, a uh, favorite, favorite musical artist or song right now? I guess favorite musical artist or song right now. That's so hard to pick. I guess right now it's like I have this bad bitch playlist, and it's been my favorite for a while now, and I keep adding more songs. So it's a lot of women, and they're singing about being a badass bitch, like getting money and it's just all the feels. So for me, I like really picking my songs through how I want to feel. I don't really like have a specific artist, but I make playlists for the type of moods that I want to be in. I love that. Yes. I, you know, that's like, that is so creative and like just so different than the typical, like I listen to this because this, you know, like you're very, I don't know. I love it. Of course, Aquarius. So (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. What is one thing that you would never change about yourself? I would never want to change the fact that I'm different and unique. And it's like, that is where I truly shine is my difference and being the black sheep, which I've always been my life. And it's, funny you ask this because I've tried before to put myself into the box and trying to be the norm and it just did not feel right at all so here I am living my best life as the real fucking me (laughs) yes love that okay and when you were a little girl what do you think your inner child needed the most as a little girl what would I have needed the most probably her parents my parents are extremely hardworking and that's probably where my, you know, work ethic comes from. They were immigrants, they came here to Hawaii and they worked nine to nine jobs. So I would have loved that as a young yeah. girl, but it taught me so much about being independent and being a diligent worker. Yeah, I love that so much. I feel like I, I can relate to you on so many levels, like coming from a family of immigrants, um, just for our listeners, where did your family um, come to the States from? My parents came from China. So I'm actually fourth generation. So this is like my great grandparents came here and then my grandparents followed, started a business and then they slowly brought over my mom and my dad. And that's a whole nother story we can get into. 
but I'm a fourth generation immigrant from China, I guess here, but I was born here and through them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel you on that one. Like my, my grandma is from Okinawa. So mm-hmm. I am third generation as far as like all the immigrants go, but I was born um, in California, but yeah, here in America, but yeah, I, I just feel you on the whole, like they came here, they worked very hard, but sometimes that means like a little bit of an absence, right? Like in, yeah. in your kid's life and your family's life, because you're working so hard to provide for them and give them that, you know, it's, this is the thing that everybody says that life that they didn't have. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I totally okay. like respect you on a whole nother level after learning that. So <laughs> yes. Okay. So last personal question, what do you think the world needs more of or less of right now? More of probably more open communication. Cause I feel like I'm seeing a lot of one-sidedness and it's, we have to communicate openly to kind of share our ideals or our beliefs and actually to be okay with other people believing something differently. And I think that's needed right now, especially to keep, you know, connecting with other people. Yeah, totally. If you could give anyone like a piece of, um, kind of a a piece of advice on how to communicate better, what would that be? I know there's so many things that you can do to communicate better, but what's maybe one thing that's worked just, you know, so much for you? Pardon the interruption, but I have a really quick question for all of you. What type of empath are you? If you're not sure and you haven't taken my empath quiz yet, you can certainly do so at thatsdeepco.com backslash empath dash quiz. And I will also leave a link for it in my show notes. When you take the quiz, you'll find out your type and you'll also be sent a free guided meditation that corresponds to your specific empath type. Thank you so much. And I look forward to helping you find out your type. I mean, you probably already know this and it's from NLP. It's that, you know, everyone is operating the best that they can with the tools that they have and what they've been through and how they've learned. And it really kind of lets you understand that people are trying to do their best and as best as they can, even though their behaviors are not you know, the best, they're only operating with whatever skills that they've learned in life. True, true. I feel like that um, statement right there helps us to hold space for people a lot better too. So I love that. That is a pearl of wisdom. Um, Right now, I'm actually going to shift into personality types. And I'm just going to quickly riff here on some personality type info. So learning our personality type is a tool that we can use to understand how we learn information and how we make decisions. So AKA our brain's inner wiring. So by understanding your inner wiring, you can better understand your needs at a core level so that you can experience and feel more satisfaction in your sense of self. You know, we always hear that phrase, be yourself, right? Everyone's always shouting that from the rooftops, but um, being yourself requires you to know yourself first. And um, of course, being yourself is a lot more rewarding than pretending to be someone you're not. Um, personality types can also help with your career, your relationships, um, and it really helps to help us understand, you know, why our loved ones and our clients and our coworkers think and behave differently than we do. So if we can better understand how others think and why they behave the way that they do, then we can better hold space for them and their unique gifts and needs. So 
Serena is an ENTJ in the Myers-Briggs personality type system. So that four letter code broken down for the ENTJ is extroversion, intuition, thinking, and judging. So I've talked about the dichotomies um, before, you know, introversion versus extroversion, sensing versus thinking, feeling versus thinking, uh, perceiving versus judging. I'm in previous episodes. So like a good episode to catch up on is season two, episode two, if you want to hear more. Um, Serena is our very first guest on the show who is an ENTJ. So on this episode with Serena, I want to share more about the profile of the ENTJ personality type. So are you ready, Serena? I need you to tell me if these things are right or wrong or if they resonate or if they don't, because I feel like sometimes, I don't know, personality types can put us in a box sometimes. Um, but however, I feel like they can also show us our strengths and our needs and what we can capitalize on. So you ready? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's okay. dive in. All right. So ENTJs are natural innovators and creators of systems and structures. What do you think about that one? I feel like that is very true. I am a pretty organized person. Like I love my Google calendar and I love a schedule. Like that was one of my dreams, I guess. As a child, I said I wanted to be so busy that my schedule is like so packed and overfilled. I don't know about that right now, but <laughs> that's what I wanted. And it's just so funny that that popped up. Yeah, I love that. Okay. And I'm just thinking, um, as far as like the judging versus perceiving side of personalities, I know that perceivers um, are interested in more like openness, um, not kind of not really not being tied down to anything, not really getting caught up in that organization or planning process versus judges like I'm an INFJ. So I feel you on the whole, like, I need a plan. I need some organizing. Like, where's my rubric, like that kind of thing, you know, like, and sometimes it's less intense than some of the other J types. But I, I can totally see where you're coming from in terms of needing that organization and structure. And do you feel like it plays any role in like stress reduction by staying organized and kind of keeping things together? Yeah. So for me, I like having like at least some structure to my day. That's usually why I'll use like a post-it note and I'll write my three top things. Even if I don't get to go into my like full planning mode and if I did not prepare for a day, I just want to get at least three top things done. And that just puts me at ease. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just thinking, I know, I don't know if you mentioned it on this show, but you told me before that you're from the North Shore of Oahu, right? So it's like, yeah. I feel like when you got to go do stuff in town, right? Don't you have to like plan ahead, like fully? I like do. You, right? Yeah, I really do. It's a whole hour drive and then a whole hour drive back. So I do have to plan kind of ahead and it just makes everything a lot easier. That's usually why I plan my days. Like if I go to town, I'm going to do everything in town. Yep. Yeah, totally. It's so interesting. I know that we're talking about personality types, but just back to living in Hawaii and living on the North shore, do you feel like um, it was, I mean, of course it's different than living in town because you've lived in town before too. I guess I'm curious on the contrast. What was that like living in town versus living, you know, back home? Well, I'll tell you the story. So I haven't been back home in seven years. So when I graduated high school, I just lived out my life in town where it was like hustle and bustle. And I wanted to get away from it all. I was like, this is a town that's very slow. I didn't feel like there would be growth for me here. And the only way that I would get that kind of growth was to be out in town. So when the pandemic happened, I came back for the first time in seven years. So it's very different. And 
I, I actually kind of enjoy it now more so because when I was living here, I wasn't into the same things that I am into now. Like I love going into the water almost every weekend. I took up diving with my friends and I like going to the beach when I can. And that was something that if you had told me that seven years ago that I'd be going to the beach like every weekend, I would tell you I was crazy. Like, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she would yeah. never do that. Yeah. So it's very different and it's relaxing. But at the same time, I feel like I'm ready for that next level of growth. So I'm ready to go back to town. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I feel like different locations definitely have different energies in them. And I'm still trying to convince my husband that, <laughs> that we can move back to Oahu at some point because, you know, mm -hmm. Kauai has its time, space and place, but it really is so relaxing and so slow yeah. to the point where I do feel a little hindered in terms of trying to accelerate my growth in different areas. So yes, there's definitely a special magic about town. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Okay. So back to personality types, ENTJs are out of the box thinkers and creators who create new guides and plans in order to make things happen in the world. They're not afraid to challenge convention and they have this huge drive to accomplish their goals and to help others accomplish goals too. Do you have any comments on that one, Serena? Does that resonate? I'm like, it's funny because I've taken Myers-Briggs like a lot and I have a question for you. So do people's personality types change throughout the years? Like, is that possible? So what's interesting is, okay, so like the, the research is behind it all say that your type is not actually never supposed to change. But when you're taking the test over different years, you could definitely get different results because you're definitely perceiving the world differently at different stages of your life. And you're making decisions differently, you know, different stages of your life. So like I've gotten, I'm trying to think what I got. I think I might've gotten like an ISTJ before and mm -hmm. it wasn't me, but like, I think whatever was going on in my life, I was operating like in that mentality for some reason. But did you ever get another type? No, that's funny because I've never gotten any other type than ENTJ. Like I've been that every single time. And I was just like, is this normal? Does it yes. change? <laughs> Not supposed to change. So yes, you are like, yes, you're right on track. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, you know, ENTJs are natural leaders who know that true power lies in empowerment and not forceful domination. Um, highly skilled, you know, at naturally understanding the management of resources and streamlining systems. So I know that you guys are like the masters of just managing time, money, energy, that kind of stuff. What do you feel about that? I feel like that's pretty true. Um, for the most part, especially with like highly skilled and naturally understanding, I do take things on pretty easily and it's easy for me to understand things while compared to some people, it might take them a little bit longer and I've noticed that. And that's something that I had to get used to because I was like, why am I understanding it so fast? And compared to these other people who might need a different, you know, type of learning strategy or they might need to take a little bit longer with the material. So I've definitely noticed that. Yes, I love that so much. And I feel like that's probably what helps you be a natural teacher and leader and somebody that can help guide the way for those who take a little bit longer to process stuff and information. So very cool. ENTJs, they also have a natural focus on the ROI of things, right? So the return on investment, and they're not afraid to tackle the tasks that are necessary for skill building. So even when things are uncomfortable and scary, 
you guys are all just you know able to put your emotions aside for a second and then focus on the greater task at hand. So what do you think? I think that's very true. And I think it's so funny because I feel like this also ties into my like astrological signs because they say like Aquarius, you can like just remove your emotions and kind of just focus on the task at hand. And I feel like that's very true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I do see like some overlap with um, Myers-Briggs and then the astrology too. Cause I know mm -hmm. that like Taurus is like, I'm a Taurus, so they're pretty steady and methodical and practical and while INFJs are dreamers and very, you know, intuitive and innovative, um, they just, they're very like grounding and still kind of like methodical in that way too. They like to be organized. So yeah, I totally see the overlap. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. So a few more things. ENTJs are highly intuitive and insightful. They can see the perspective of uh, the perspectives of others and their intuition allows them to future forecast and explore future possibilities through their skills um, in pattern recognition and through their aha moments. So how does that all resonate with you, Serena? I have had so many aha moments. It is crazy. And definitely my intuition has been like something that's been guiding me this whole time. And it's very like kind of primal, I guess. It's very gut punching. I don't mean to sound violent, but that's what it feels <laughs> like for me whenever I have these moments. And it's very much that end part of the ENFJ, ENTJ. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. I feel like it's, it's really cool when um, you have a intuitive thinker combination because there's so many intuitive feelers out there, but mm -hmm. for you to be intuitive, but to also have that like logical side, that practical side, that evidence-based side is so neat because you'll be able to reach so much, like so many more people that way. So. Yeah, but I think it was like harder for me because I would lean more on my like thinking over my intuition before. And now right. I guess I can kind of differentiate between the both of them and feel more into my intuition side, but also still have that thinking that's been there this whole time that was guiding me. True, very true. Um, do you have any tips for anyone that gets maybe more caught up in the logic and the thinking and they're looking to trust their heart and intuition a little bit more? I think it's really to just feel, like take a moment to actually feel what these decisions or these thoughts are going through in your body rather than just trying to think through them. And that's something that I've had to work on was really letting myself feel the emotions and feel it through my body. Right. Do, I mean, do you feel like as a thinker that sometimes you've cut off your emotions just to like stay logical more or like, I'm just trying to like get a better grasp for like what it is like, like being a thinker. Yeah. So I feel like it's very like you're in your head, you go through all the options, you kind of go through every single thing down to the who, what, when, where, why, how. And when you're trying to be more intuitive, it's kind of letting all of that go and seeing where you are being pulled to those questions rather than go through the whole list of them. Yeah. So it's really just feeling what questions and what you're being pulled towards and letting yeah. the answers kind of come to you. Ah, I love that. Yes. I like that so much. And I guess now I want to transition into coaching, abundance, manifestation. So you're a coach. So how has the world of coaching, NLP, and mindset changed your life for the better? And what shifts have you started seeing? 
Um, I guess for coaching an NLP, it's changed my mindset a lot and for the better because I'm more hyper aware of my thoughts, my language, and just others in general because I'm better able to communicate with like my friends and my family and my clients and I'm more considerate and compassionate where in the past I could have been more cold or kind of just like pushed it off because I didn't know how to communicate and I didn't understand the other person's point of view and why and how they got to that kind of reasoning for their being or their actions. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And as far as like all the little, like not little, they're huge certifications. You are certified in five different areas in terms of your coaching. So life coaching, NLP, EFT, um, hypnosis, and time techniques. So I know this sounds like a lot of NLP jargon to those who aren't too familiar with it. And would you be willing to break it down um, in terms of like what you would use, you know, some of these tools for? You have to cover them all because it's a lot, but I know that there's one that's like one of your absolute favorites. So, (laughs) oh, yeah. So, out of all of these different like tool belts, the techniques, my favorite and my kind of draw is towards EFT. And I think that's like I said before, like tapping into intuition is really going through those emotions in your body. So EFT stands for emotional freedom techniques, also called tapping. And it's basically psychological acupressure. We go through these different acupressure points and we tap on them and we are able to release, you know, stuck emotions or energy as traditional Chinese medicine says that there are these points that will kind of be blocked when we are dealing with emotions and we are able to release them by pushing or tapping on these points. So that's one of my favorite techniques from what we got certified in. And it's, yeah, it's amazing technique. I love, I love EFT too. And I feel like um, I kind of fell off the map with it for a little bit, but after tuning into your live, and tapping, I just like, I need to, I need to get that back into my day. Cause I put it down like in my daily routine and it was so powerful. So I love that. That's what you're passionate about. Yeah. What about for you? What techniques have kind of drawn you from our tool belt? Our tool belt? Yeah. Um, my favorite one would be the time techniques. Um, I mm-hmm. feel like at least for me, I'm just like, there's so many deep limiting beliefs that have been I've programmed in there since childhood. And so I love that we can go back on the timeline and really dive deep on like what happened. Um, you know, what are the higher lessons my higher self needs to learn from that situation? And how can I create new meanings for myself now? So time techniques, man. Love it. <laughs> ah, see, I need to dive more into that. Yes. Well, you know, we can always trade sessions. <laughs> you know? oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. So speaking of coaching services, I'm curious, what kind of uh, coaching services do you currently offer? So my doors are currently open for my one-on-one coaching program. It's a three-month container centered on clarity of your life, embodying that next level version of you and learning how to manifest in a way that's catered to your desires. So you can hop on. I have a few spots left and yeah, I'd love to have your audience join me if they feel called. Yes. I love that so much. And I'm just wishing you so much luck. I just feel a ton of like magical energy from your, from your coaching program. So I know you're going to be able to just change, transform lives and just shift, shift some mindset. So I'm excited for you. 
Thank you. Yes. Okay. So one more quick question on manifestation. So, you know, what, what is manifestation? What does that mean to you? And how can our listeners use it as a tool in actualizing their deepest desires? Yeah. So my definition of manifestation is bringing something into your physical reality, whether it be a thought or an idea and actually having it be physical in the 3D world. So it's something that everyone has been doing since they're young, especially when they're kids because they're walking subconscious minds and manifestation happens so much more easily. And I guess as we kind of grow up, it, we start to take more things into our subconscious mind and kind of have those programming like run us. So yeah, and the difference is that what we do with manifestation now is that we're consciously and we're intentionally using it to bring things into our reality. And that's something that you can do on a daily, on a daily. That is so cool. Thank you for sharing that. And just transitioning into mindset, limiting beliefs and boundaries. So I'm curious, what are some of the limiting beliefs that you had to move through in order to be, you know, where you are today? Yeah. I think in the beginning, a big limiting belief was that, am I doing the right thing? Like, is this something completely different than what I'm used to, which it is. And it was such a draw for me. Like my intuition told me, like, you should go into coaching. This is what you should do. But before that, my world was in beauty. I was, I am a certified cosmetologist and I was going to become a microblading artist. And this is completely different. And it was the belief that like, this is something that is completely new. Why would I be leaving it when I could stay in beauty? Yeah. And I had to really work through that and say, it's okay for me to completely change my career path, my life path. And that's okay. That was a big one. Absolutely. That's something that is going to be a lot, uh, a lot of value for the other listeners listening, because there's a lot of people who are really scared to change and do something that's completely different, but that speaks to their soul. So you're lighting the way for a lot of people. Yeah, I I definitely feel that. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So what would you do in your life if you were certain that you could not fail at it? If I was certain I would not fail at it. I think I would just kind of do everything that I could do the most extreme crazy things in life, like help as many people as I could and just live a exciting, explorative life. If I knew I couldn't fail, I'd be doing almost insane things. I would be doing insane things. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, I love that so much. And just now, just on the topic of advice for the listeners, because we have a lot of um, people just starting out on their personal development journeys, and um, a lot of people don't know where to start. So could you please name one favorite influential thought leader that you follow? Um, maybe that's on social media, or maybe that's through books or courses or coaching, just in terms of influence and mindset, business, all of that. Yeah, I mean... I have a few amazing people that have changed my life that I've worked with and I'll give out to. So one of my mentors, her name is Kimberly Buena and she is a manifestation coach. And she basically, I found her and resonated with her like content and also who she is because she's also Asian. 
and there's not too many influential Asian leaders, I feel like, out there. And we are starting to kind of come up, which I love seeing. But she was someone who I also saw as like a peer because we're around the same age group. And she has done amazing things. And second one is my current mentor. Her name is Michaela J. And she is basically changing the world with what she's teaching in manifestation. And they both are amazing. I love that. And that is so cool that you mentioned Kimberly Wenya. She was actually another guest on the That's Deep podcast here. Wow. Um, I, I want to say season one. Yeah, it's been a little while, but I totally feel you. Um, I'm also another Asian American woman. And so it's it's so awesome to see other Asian American. Or, well, she was Asian Australian, right? Yeah. But um, But yeah, it's just it's amazing to see other minorities out there just doing the damn thing and paving yeah. the way because you know, it's tough and we can touch on this on the podcast. There's never anything that's off the table, but you know, mm-hmm. there, there isn't actually a lot of diversity in the space. It's getting there, but yeah. you know, as with any field, um, the cultural diversity, mm-hmm. a little lacking. So yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's cool that we have Kimberly in common. I love that you worked with her. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I want to know what are some of your best self-care tips in terms of energy management? Um, self-care tips. It would probably be like movement or dance. For me, I feel like having movement, especially with your energy, even if it's low or if you're also having a high, it's great to move your body because that's another way that we can move our energy around. And that's one of my favorites. I love that. Okay. Last question. As an extrovert, how do you manage your energetic needs? Because I have a lot of um, introverts on the show and we're always talking about how we, you know, we need alone time and we don't need this stimulation, but as an extrovert, y'all thrive on getting that sensory input from external, you know, sources. You guys thrive on having those conversations and those in-person, in-touch, high-touch types of conversation. Um, And my husband is an extrovert and I can see his energy goes boop, 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 and goes low when he doesn't see people. So how do you make sure that you're meeting your energetic needs as an extrovert? I figured this out with my friend and I had lunch with her and it's been so different because my boyfriend is not here. He's actually away right now and he's also an Aquarius. So we love to talk. We love to just kind of get our ideas out there. So my best friend, she's also Taurus. And I told her, I get my ideas from when I'm talking. Like, you know how some people get their ideas when they're in the shower. For me, I have to speak them out to somebody and to just have someone kind of listen and not so much soundboard off of me, but to actually hear myself say things out loud. So that's me kind of like needing that energy to kind of come out and also getting that from my external for myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That totally makes she, sense. she totally understands because she's like, I love hearing your ideas. I, you know, I'm not versed in it, but I love just sitting and kind of just hearing. And she, for me, that's all I need. Yeah. Oh, I love that. You guys sound like a match made in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sure. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being so willing to just answer all of the interview questions. And I just want our audience to know where they can find you online and on social media. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at the 
Serena Ho, spelled S-E-R-I-N-A. And you can find me across all platforms with that username. Awesome. All right, Serena. Well, this was an amazing, amazing interview. And I just, I can't wait to have you back on the show in the future if you're down for that, because you have yeah, so many insights. So, so, yes. Okay. Well, I will see you next time. And thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to invite you to connect with me on Instagram at naomicourtney.co. Again, that's at naomicourtney.co on Instagram. Thank you. What's up, everybody? It's Riley with the That's Deep Podcast. Naomi and I would love to invite you to leave a review on iTunes. Scroll down to the bottom of the page after you're done listening to the episode and find the ratings and reviews. Tap the number of stars you see fit and leave a little comment for us. At the end of each month, we'll do a little raffle and pick a lucky reviewer to receive a little gift card from us at the That's Deep Podcast, a little token of appreciation. Thank you for all your support and good luck.